Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old for This, here on the Nerdternal Network. I'm your host, the experience of some called Jason, and with me as usual is... The token, sickened but curious, Tarky. CDL113, the droid you're looking for. And the Todd Father. That's it? You don't get any little tagline? What? For me? Nah, I'm good. Alright, and today we are talking about, I don't want to call them lame characters. Odd? Odd, goofy, uh, truthfully some of them may be lame. Eccentric. Eccentric, yeah, that's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, no, no, lame, lame pretty much fits. Well, I don't know if mine's lame, but we'll get to that. <laughs> So, uh, starting us off today, Tarky, what have you got for us? As you know, I'm a big fan of fighting games. It's come and, up. And, uh, yeah. One that's had some news recently is Street Fighter V, who is introducing the character that I'll be talking about as a new DLC, Dan Habiki, the master of the Saikyu Ryu fighting style. That would be the most dangerous style? The strongest, strongest style. style. I'm sorry. I messed that all up. But he didn't exist but, in Street Fighter back when I was playing. So. You you played Street You played like Super 2 and that was it, right? Yeah, well, I took that back. I did buy 4, but I barely played it. Oh, uh, okay. And he might have played I, I think I played 4 more than you did Probably. on your copy. <laughs> I also beat the game as Dan because I... I just love Dan. He's so silly. But what basically happened in is Dan is a joke character from the Street Fighter Alpha series. Which the Street Fighter game timeline is weird where it goes 1, Alpha, Alpha 2, Alpha 3, 2. But he's a... His entire design is based off another fighting game made by another company. Because Capcom went, hey, you got you made two characters that are way too close to Ryu. Why'd you do this? We're going to insult you now. And did some art of one of their characters, Sagat, a big Muay Thai fighter, holding a character that had the head of the head and body very similar to a combination of two fighters from the SNK game, and then made him a secret character in Street Fighter Alpha. But Dan Habiki is pathetic. He fights like Ryu and Ken, a Shoto, you know, karate-esque style. But, like, his Hadouken barely escapes his hands before it disappears. And his spinning kick is just him doing a jump kick twice. The only thing that he was more powerful than anyone in, in Alpha, was that you could taunt once per round. But Dan Habiki could taunt infinitely. <laughs> so as long as you were a good enough player, you could just kick the crap out of people while taunting all day. Which was kind of like the only thing he was worth worth it for in Alpha. So basically, but, he was like the guy that couldn't really fight, but could talk a lot of crap. Correct. Like, his damage, his damage in, like, ability to hurt people is still there it's just he didn't really have much to combo with he wasn't really a good fighting game character but he was a good joke 
I remember playing, I can't remember, maybe it was in 4, uh, like I said, I can't really remember. But I do remember playing him at some point, and it was like, uh, there was some attack where you like run forward, but he'd only run a few steps and he'd stumble. You yeah. Know, they were in that short range, he'd pop them with whatever the move was. But, but it was kind of like the Hadouken, it didn't have the, and, uh, the range it should have. And Capcom has made Dan better than he was. I don't know. I don't want to say better, but like in character form, you only know him for Street Fighter Four. In Street Fighter Four, he was somewhat capable as a character. In Alpha, Alpha Two, and Alpha Three, he was definitely a joke. Like you could still win, but he was a joke. He's a joke so much so that in the story. His father is killed by Sagat. So his entire story is like getting revenge on Sagat. Eh, that's well, weird. he beats Sagat because Sagat lays down in pity. <laughs> like, you get told, yeah, Sagat threw the fight so that Dan would leave, so that he could get Dan to leave him alone. And then Dan's like, well, I beat Sagat, I'm the best. I'm going to go make a dojo. So he goes and makes a dojo, and no one joins. Except my other favorite character from Street Fighter, Sakura, who then masters his style in three days and promptly forgets it because it's garbage. Which I think is the best insult, is to master an entire martial arts style in three days and then immediately forget it because it's no good. She's the one that like fangirls over uh, Ryu, Ryu, yes, yeah. or Ryu as we used to call him. We didn't know Japanese. Look, it's it's in the past. It's it was a name in a foreign language. We didn't know how to pronounce it. But that's like we always go around here. We go manga, and you say no, no manga. Yes, this is also another one. Because I it's it's because I grew up during the transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of it's a lot of funny sh with Dan of just like little inside jokes and all. There's one specific game called uh, Pocket Fighters. I think it was Capcom Pocket Fighters. But he has an attack, and everything's chivified. It's very small and scrunchy, and because it was made for portable Game Boy yeah. Advance, one of his attacks. A gray version of him with a longer nose comes out, and he swings it at the opponent, and that's his dad's ghost. Nice. He just uses his dad as a weapon. Well, his dad was supposed to be competent, wasn't he? Uh, competent enough that Sagat cared to fight and kill him. Well, something I was reading, wasn't it his dad that took Sagat's eye? Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that implies right. some level of competency. Yeah. No day. But, like, another thing was, in Alpha, when you beat people, you get an end quote, as most fighting games do. And Dan's was like, my dad can beat you and he's dead. <laughs> I like that. It's he 
like al after alpha he kind of like shied away from the whole my dad is dead stuff but I just always had like an attachment to him just because he's such a he's such a joke for a fighting game that I've never like dove deep into but I always just pick him because like hey, I'm gonna be the pink guy that laughs at you the entire match sweet and like he's one or not one but he's been like commented on as like He's always in the top 50 and top 25, top 20 of, like, both Street Fighter characters and joke characters in general. Because, like, people love him for whatever reason. Just because it's, like, no one wants to mess with the guy that plays Dan Hibiki. You're kind of because you know. Manager, so. Well, like, you know if you're fighting a guy and he picks Dan Hibiki, you're, you're fighting someone who thinks they can win. You are fighting a confident person. No one who's scared and like, oh, I don't know if I can zone out an opponent. I don't know if I can do enough damage. I don't know if I can combo is going to pick Dan Hibiki. The only person that picks Dan is the person who goes, yeah, I don't care about any of that. I'm just going to beat you. Or the guy that just taps A and somehow wins. Yeah. But even then, he'll tap A and taunt. <laughs> and you won't be able to stop him. All right. Interesting character. Definitely different. Interesting due to his lack of being interesting. Kind of. Well, I like the fact that his whole—I like the fact that he's this popular, and his whole whole origin is just them mocking another game from another company. I mean, does that does that other game even does that other game line even still exist? Uh, art of fighting. No, I uh, Art of Fighting was made by SNK. Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken, SNK dropped Art of Fighting to make King of Fighters. Okay, King of Fighters, I think I'm passingly familiar with. King of Fighters is still ongoing, like a mofo. Well, I, I take that back. SNK a new one, kind of the knockoff Capcom. And KOF is. I don't know. KOF stands on its own two feet to me. Yeah, no, like back, it, in the, back it, in the day, it always seemed like the knockoff Street Fighter. Hmm. You know, as opposed to like Mortal Kombat that had its own vibe. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying about it. It's just Capcom was like the marquee title, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, there is. Now that you've mentioned, because we've got SNK, there is an SNK versus Cap or Capcom versus SNK game. Oh, two of them, I believe. Uh, in the first one, Dan Hibiki has a very special ability where he can do his uh, jumping kick. And there's a special activation call that was called Vism in Alpha 3, but I don't remember what it is in Capcom SNK. Mm -hmm. But he can infinite kick into space. Because it allowed you to do, like, infinite combos until the meter ran out. And his kick goes really high. So you just do his kick, and then midair do his kick, and then midair do his kick. And you'd go so far above the screen that your ability would end, and you'd wait about 10 seconds, and then you'd hit the ground again. But you wouldn't be able to see your character for 10 seconds just from flying off the map. Huh. So it wasn't 
particularly useful, I guess? Uh, I mean, like, if you hit someone and just kept doing it, it was just another, like, insult to injury. Of, like, you've let me do this, sir. And I guess if you were trying to run out the clock. Yeah. It, it had moments. It was just a thing of, like, you know how in, like, you've played Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, yeah. How, like, the big knockout of screen moves and the big, the huge air and stuff like that. It's just, like, that was one of the early moments of you can do something completely outrageous in the air in a fighting game. Okay. But anyway, not for me to keep gushing about my goofy boy. We can move on to the next one if you'd like. Alrighty. The next one goes back a lot further. Uh, he made his first appearance back in uh, 1940. Because I have a soft spot for the Golden Age. <clears throat> uh, first appeared in Hit Comics number one. He is known as the Red Bead. He had very, very striped pants. And apparently didn't know what color his bee actually was. <laughs> to be fair, you may have some varieties of red bee out there. I don't know. But, uh... He was a superhero from Oregon. And he didn't fly or anything, because, you know, that would that would make sense. He had him a little ray gun that I guess was a stinger, so I guess that does fit the motif. But what really makes him, really makes him a winner, what really earns his place on this list other than his costume, is that he used trained bees. Some of yes. whom lived in his belt buckle. So, let's see. Uh, let's see. His name was Rick. He was from, oh, well, characters from Quality Comics who had a reputation for a lot of really oddball uh Heroes and heroines. Uh, I think they had another one that tr that fought with trained spiders. Uh, can't remember that was. This. I think that was the one that it was a police detective that he would dress up as a woman and then use trained spiders to fight crime. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, from the standpoint of throwing people off and figuring out who you are, I guess it kind of works. They had another character that he was an actor who dressed up as an old one old woman. And fought crime, and it was the first, you know, I guess you would say cross-dressing character in comic book history. You know, I bet you I'm getting those. I'm, I bet you I'm getting the Spider One and that one mixed up. That I'm, I'm blurring those two together. But anyway, let's talk about the Red Bee some more. Uh, he didn't last that long. Uh, what was it? Forty through forty-two, I think was his. It was his initial run. Which was, you know, pretty common in the Golden Age. You had a lot of characters that had short runs. Uh, but he mostly fought Nazis. And and he had some kind of yellow pearls, apparel rather, uh, you know, villains. But uh, after his short run, you know, in the 50s, I believe DC bought Quality Comics. Uh, which is where they got, like, Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters would be probably the best known of, of these obscure characters. Yeah. So since then, he has popped up occasionally in, like, you know, All-Star Squadron when they did that. Uh, 
if they do Freedom Fighter books, sometimes he'd pop up. Uh, the 90s Starman book, which was one that I just absolutely loved. Every year, uh, Jack would have one... You'd have one issue where Jack was talking to his dead brother. And you had one one of those that it was a big dinner party with all these dead, like Golden Age heroes. And the Red Bee was one of them there. Uh, I forget exactly... I think it was 2007 that they introduced a new version that was like his grand, the original's grand niece or something. That she's got like a uh, you know a mechanized battle suit and robotic bees that fire electricity and eventually wind up with like bee DNA or something. I've... I'm I'm thinking about that dinner party right now of all the golden age heroes. How'd you die? Fight Nazis. How'd you die? Fight Nazis. Fight Nazis. Fight Nazis. Fight Nazis. Nah, most How'd you die? Bee allergy. He had a really yes. he did have a fun conversation in that one with uh, the original. It's like the, the one person that didn't die from Nazis is the most interesting person in the room. Well, that'd probably be his brother because his brother got killed in like the first issue of the book by a sniper. You know, in the full Starman get up. But uh, but I digress. So anyway, they they brought in the grand niece. So you've got like a current version that, truthfully, looking at her, she's got a very current blue beetle kind of vibe to her. As far as just her appearance. Also not entirely certain if she's a hero or a villain. Just based on some of the artwork. Because, you know, I didn't research her. I wanted the OG Red B. With his, with his kind of uh, lacy see-through sleeves. Which I guess are supposed to be like B-wings. But, uh. Anyway, he was a nice little goofy one that I've been aware of for years. That this seemed like a good opportunity to talk about him. Because I doubt people talk about him very often. Probably not. God rest his soul. I, I saw his character name in Red B. What the hell were they smoking back then? Yeah. Well, you know, co cocaine was still in Coca-Cola. So, mm -hmm. you know, that and, explains a lot. And it was the 40s. You were just cranking out characters as fast as you could. Yeah. And what's easier than going color animal? Yep. Probably just had a dartboard. Red. B. But not the right color. Yeah, you know. What Accuracy was not that important back then. Let's call him the green bee. It's too close to the green hornet, damn it. Come the red bee. Uh, and the green hornet was probably an older character. That's what I'm saying. That's why it couldn't be the green bee. Yeah, you got me looking up the Green Hornet to see if he's actually older. <laughs> Look, inquiring minds want to know. Green Hornet? Cool. Red Bee? Lame as shit. Okay, 1930s was when the radio show popped up. All right. I ah, figured that could be a Hornet. Did the Green Hornet use Hornets? Ha! That's old, Red Bee. He just uses guns. He just shoots people. Well, he was the grandson of the Lone Ranger. Yes, yes. The gun fits. Yeah, that and he'd throw his chauffeur at people. Ah, get him, Kato. <laughs> Though that was most of the TV show. Yeah, the TV show. Alright. Though I hesitate to do it. Danny, what do you have for us? My obscure character is Codpiece. Yes, I said 
cod piece. Uh, his one and only appearance was in Doom Patrol number 70 back in 1993. Uh, the issue opens at a high school where an unnamed character is asking a girl out on a date, only to be turned down because he's, quote-unquote, too small. The next panel shows the girl talking to her friend and saying she was referring to his height, while the antagonist, you know, that will assume, uh, assume she's referring to the size of his uh, man. junk. Yeah. So the book shows flashes of the man's life going through college and adulthood with this inferiority. In, inferior, inferiority? Yeah, thank you. Sure. Complex hanging over his head all the way after this girl rejected him. Uh, and it shows in one panel, after being denied enhancement surgery, the man decides to take matters into his own hands and turn to a life of crime. And so after some tinkering in a machine shop for months, the villain is born and ready to make his debut, and he triumphantly declares Codpiece is coming. What? How has this guy not been on the show yet? He'd I don't know. Perfect for the television show. Yeah. Uh, sporting. Now I'm just worried about what he's going to steal. Well, he's a bank robber. Oh, that's... Sporting a red and blue suit with a control panel on his chest, the armor's most uh, glaring feature is a giant gun he has strapped to his junk. And it's not just any kind of gun and not there for decoration. Oh, no. He can fire lasers slash repulsor rays from it. It has a power drill that he uses to rob the bank vaults. It can emit ultrasonic sounds, fire missiles, giant scissors, claw-like extensions, and then fire boxing gloves. <laughs> uh, and in the book, he ponders to himself whether he should build the Codmobile to get around from his capers. Uh, after a brief battle with the police, Codpiece in his first appearance is taken down by Tate Godwin, who, it's her first appearance, she's wearing a rubber uh, frog mask, and afterwards she's invited to join the Doom Patrol. You, so You know, this Codpiece fella sounds also, while well, obviously a, you know, extended D joke, it kind of seems like a like a joke at Batman's expense too. Probably he a little just bit. has a utility cod piece. How is he yeah, only instead of a belt? But see, you know, when I'm when I was thinking about what character to do, I thought, got the Doom Patrol show. Why hasn't this character shown up? Because you know, really, that was your first thought. Because I'm sitting here going, how the hell did the comics? Already let this shit go. When was his period? 1993. Oh, that explains. They let it go once as a treat. Well, it was the 90s. They were on their way out anyway. Yeah, they yeah. were on their way out. I was thinking to say, this is something you got any kind of age on. Get through. Yeah, I, I had seen the character before. I may have even read the issue that he was in, but somebody had a picture of him posted on uh, a joke on a meme 
I'm like, why does this character look familiar? So I looked him up I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I've read his backstory before. I remember that giant groin gun. So he's basically a sex machine. Yeah. Okay. I didn't recognize the name when Danny gave it to me before we started, uh, you know, before we started recording this morning. I've seen the picture, though. Both the one I've got up for our viewers to see and the one where he was, you know, launching the boxing glove. Yeah, it's one of those things you sit there and you go, wow. What the hell is that? Goddamn boxing glove. But to me, that, that's got to be one of the lamest. Funny. Don't get me wrong, but Codpiece is coming. What I don't know. Like, Battle cries that. The kind that wrong. had me getting out of his damn way. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be fair, the guy that straddles in with a crotch gun, I'm, I'm out of that building. Because I've only seen two dudes. Well, now I've only heard of two dudes with crotch guns that I can think of. And that is either vampires or that big dude right there. I know. I don't want to deal with either of them. There's those two, okay. and then there was one in a spoof comic that I don't remember what he called himself. But his his gun was much larger than Cod Pieces. <laughs> and fired some sort of foam, I guess? I don't know. Uh, that's uh real leading yeah well you know i want to say it was but a spoof also... comic that uh oh was it young captain adventure or was it misadventure like i said it, it, it was just a flat out spoof though where codpiece was you know in a the villain of the dc universe yeah but also just like his character could be used later because like he's clearly an inventor mm -hmm. like he's clearly a gadgeteer just very very <laughs> he has got a motif that he follows yeah it's a small motif but he follows it strictly what what i thought was funny was after reading his uh attachments i guess you would say the power drill he's gonna drill you the ultrasonic sound emitter, you're going to, you know, it, everything to me was like when I was reading them, I'm going, okay, somebody didn't get any when they came up with this character. Yeah. And then the scissors, first thing I thought of was Lorena Bobbitt. Like, Let's see, 93. Eh? It's good. I can't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm not going to bother looking that up. So that's pretty. It's, a, that's a, it's in the neighborhood anyway. Yeah. I'm sitting there going, okay. But yeah, but that, that was subtle. Good. They were not. They were not very subtle. No, no, no. There, there was no subtlety there. I'll do what you talking about. Yeah, dude, just had a big gun. Yeah, he had a big I'll gun. It. Coming your way. It's, it's your mind in the gun. I'm sure that character was totally in. So, Todd, what do you have for us? You don't get to ask. Jason was moderating. Yeah, Danny, know your role. So, Todd, what have we got? Please tell me it's better than Codpiece. Unlike some of this tasteless stuff, I did not go low brow. My choice. Greatest villain ever. Comes straight out of the gutter. Does not come out of the gutter. Comes out of the toilet. <laughs> I picked 
the Savage Dragon villain, Doug, a.k.a. the greatest character ever made. First appearance was in Savage Dragon number Fortunately, poor Doug is deceased because comics could not hold such coolness for so, you know, but so long. Uh, and unlike the rest of these lanes, Doug actually made the TV. Sure, they had to call him because of the fact that... They had to call him what? You cut out. Huh? Oh, they had to call him Mud. Because the fact that he was firing high-powered shit at people on the children's cartoon was a little bit much for, the night, for even the 90s. <laughs> uh, but, but the kids love that dark stuff. I could not stop laughing. I, every time, the first time I saw this character, back when Wizard Magazine used to do a, uh, a villain special, I think they only did it like one or two times. And he was like the honorable mention on like the last page of the magazine that's type character. And I saw him and could not stop laughing. Uh, the fact that Eric Larson came up with a character that fired high-powered shit at people. Yeah, that man needs to be drug tested. This is great. <laughs> this is the greatest thing since ever. Uh, in researching Dung, uh, he is a uh, six-foot-tall dude, and he's in kind of the typical 90s chunky armor with uh, arms that end in cannons. And uh, just like when I when we talked about this last week, and I was yeah, if we do it lame characters, yes, Dung's my pick. And we were wondering, you know, does he carry, like, poop on his back? Does he got like a backpack of poop that he uses to fire this poop at people? No. No, he doesn't. Because Doug actually has superpowers. Doug has a power. His power is that he can transport feces from all over the world. Especially suit of armor. And then the armor lets him discharge it as blast. So he never runs out of ammo. No, he never runs so out of ammo. So every time you're like, oh, I need to use the bathroom. Huh, where'd they go? You can yeah. thank Dung. Uh, one of the weird things about Dung is he doesn't actually... I found that out researching him, and I was like, huh, but if he doesn't have hands, how the wife is... Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> See, his powers are synergy there. Uh, but a character this cool could not, you know, exist on his own, so they gave him two daughters, uh, one named Blossom and the other one named Dumbling. Because... You know, maybe he was being too subtle, firing, like, high-powered shit in people's faces. I mean, if you go on the Savage Dragon wiki, the picture you have of him is him going, here's some dung for your face, I. And somebody's getting blasted with it, and the thing from the person getting shot is glove. Which means they got hit with high-powered shit, and it's in the mouth. Oh, God. He's dying laughing over here. Because <laughs> it's horrible. That's one of those kind of things where you go, how the hell, whose idea was this? How do you sit down and go, oh, I need a villain? What if, what if you got anybody that fires feces? 
And when I, so, you know, like I said, they're researching him. I was like, oh, I got the stuff that he's in. He is infamous, infamous for, like, shooting people in the face. And you have, like, team members of, like, Savage Dragon's team of freaks. You know, like, like standing there and it's, like, just and dripping and shit. <laughs> and you kind of go, who in the hell lets you back in the stage after you fight this bastard? Well, I mean, he can... Even if it drips, he can just teleport it back in. No, no! Or do you mean the He's opponent? Done. Sorry, you meant the opponent. Yeah, I'm talking about the opponent. You are dripping in shit. I mean, just go take a shower. Hose off. Hose off in the lawn. Yeah, but you gotta live with that humiliation. Especially the one going glove. Yeah. Can I hear you glove? Oh, Lord, it's in your mouth. Unfortunately, uh... And unlike some of these others, Doug actually had a run. His first appearance was Savage Dragon 5, and he died, unfortunately, in Savage Dragon number 248. So, yeah, he's he not around. Hell, you know, reading his bio, hell, fought Martians with, with, with high-powered poop. <laughs> you a hardcore motherfucker to fight aliens off. Yep. Well, it probably stuck with the little glass shields on their face. <laughs> Why am I seeing Mars attacks? And... Back, 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 back. Well, those are the Marsians that were fighting. That, that, you know, you had it was it was Mars attacks the Image Universe, which I think they kept oh, so in canon. Oh, so they were literally fighting the one. Yeah, that's that's vile as hell. I'm, I may have to read that one. Oh, oh but. I think my favorite thing you mentioned at, before the show started was his teammates. Well, that was only in the cartoon. The cartoon, they had a, he was part of Mud, was part of what called the bodily function. Not a bodily They still did it anyway. Yeah. Because they knew who it really was. Where, where you had Backfire, which was a dude that basically had a jet turbine for an ass. Yeah. <laughs> They were classic. They were classic on Sunday morning. But you're saying Dung was a solo act in the actual book? Well, he was part of the Vicious Circle. Oh, okay. he and he was several teams: the Annihilators, the Vicious Circle, the Super Coalition of Chicago. Yeah, he he got around. People said, "Hey, you kind of I'm creating a villain team. You kind of got the shit." So well, he it sounds like he was effective. Well, yeah, you know. How many, how many people going to volunteer to, you know? Yes, yeah, it's, it's really like, if you're going to make a villain team, just put Dung on it, just for the sake of you don't have to run into Dung now. That's yeah, sure. But unfortunately, he was caught, you had some wave power, and he bled out through his arm. So, you know, apparently he had open wound up in there where he was firing the up. Or maybe where his hands are missing, who knows. Yeah. But he bled out through his arms. So, he got flush. What would be messed up is if you had Dung on a team and you had a flame guy on the team, he's firing the poop and you got the flame guy lighting that stuff on fire. Danny? That Can you never, never write a letter to Eric Larson. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
dear Mr. Larson, <laughs> you really didn't use dung to his full capability. <laughs> nope. Well, if he can teleport poop, not, you know, can he only teleport it to himself or can he teleport other locations? He just says he, it just says his powers, he can teleport, he can transport feces all over the world. Into his high pressure suit of arm. Oh, into his high pressure. So well, now, if he had, if he had openings in his arms, I wonder if it was coming out of the openings in his arms, and the suit was just to focus it into, into high pressure where it could be useful. You know, I'm almost thinking that it's it's kind of sounding that way. There's so many questions about this character, so many unknowns. Well, you know, that's that's when you, dear Mister Larson, I have a question about your character, Doug. Clearly, we lost this one too too early. Yeah, he, he's gone too soon. Because, hell, I'm also wanting to know, is it just people poop? Because, you know, it says he transports it from all over the world. I mean, is he firing both people poop and dog shit? Or elephant poop? Yeah, you know, is he firing globs of elephant poop? <laughs> yeah, that... Because, you know, even he, he never runs out of ammo. I mean, think about it. Well, I mean, if you can do it from all over the world, you're not gonna. No, no. Never, ever. And when and when you see the pictures of his blast, I mean that's that's some high pressure fire hose level diarrhea. I mean he's he's he is he is lighting up the place. I have seen a picture of the savage dragon holding an unconscious dung. At least I assume he was unconscious, and blowing some monster's head off with it while screaming, "Eat shit and die." <laughs> Appropriate yeah. statements. Yes, indeed. Yep. But I, I, I think if I was, I think I'm a, I was on the Dragon's Earth, I'm pretty sure that's the motherfucker I'd be I mean, because let's say... If any, he, hero, he, any hero team that fights him, it's the new recruit that gets stuck fighting Dung. Because I'm, I'm serious. You know, if he can fire it and it fires that, that hard, it could potentially kill you, especially if you're a normal cat. Yeah, that, that's why if I was the guy that got stuck fighting him and I'm, I'm the new cop on the block, yeah, I'm shooting him right in the head. I ain't fucking with him. At all. That's that's what it What happened? Get away. I mean, let's battle. How's he going to take anything? That is <laughs> true. Unless he could form minions. Well, read this thing. I think he formed kids. I ain't fucking with them either. Because it made it out of shit. Yep. Like I said, that's, that's one that... Oh, who in the hell is it? Oh, shit, is dumb. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, that, that, that's one of you. Because, know, you know, who wants to be the person... Your family got to know that shit. Wow. How'd Officer Holland die? High-powered shit. Yeah. <laughs> that, you, you would just tell him supervillain. A supervillain got him. We're not sure which one. The hell, they don't know who it was. Yeah, when they have the casket Shit. there. The the, but the, you don't tell the family that. Then you got popped with shit? No, really? you let them think you had some dignity. Besides, hell, in Savage I... Dragons, in Savage Dragon Chicago, who in the crap would join the police force? Hell, I ain't hell like the Undertaker's going to clean your ass up. Yeah. Your loved one came in, hell, not. Scattered all over the place and covered in shit. Ooh, I got a former uh, a fellow I work with used to, used to work for a funeral home. And I'm just thinking about the way he's complained about some of the bodies they had to pick up 
And now I imagine him in this world having to deal with this. Hmm. I don't know, because like, at least it's a reasonable explanation in that kind of world. That's true. You probably have a lot of people die with a lot of weird stuff in, in a superhero world. Yeah, it's just like, alright, look, I understand. He got blasted with a poop cannon. Like, it's gonna be a dirty body. I'm, I'm sitting here as you're talking about a poop cannon. I know some of y'all oh, have not no. played uh, the Saints Row video game. Oh, the very first one. Your character takes odd jobs to earn money, and you got this uh, politician that's doing all these crazy things, and you got a, uh, and he's making the property values skyrocket, and you got this uh, uh, one of his competition wants to take him down a peg or two, and he hires your character to get in a septic tank truck and drive it around and fire sewage waste all over the place. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this cat, that, that scene makes a lot more sense now. Clearly, we know what kind of comics the, that game creator was, was uh, reading. Yep. But, yep, that was, that was my guy. You know, I say he lame, but, you know. Yeah, he lame as hell. <laughs> just fucked up. Well, so that's been our, I guess that's been our our top picks. Has anybody got any honorable mentions they'd like to bring up? Or dishonorable? Meat. 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 <laughs> Who is Meat? He's a joke character from a fighting game called Mortal Kombat. Because in a game all about, you know, bleeding and blood and ripping bodies... Yeah, meat was a body that had no skin. Okay. So he's constantly bleeding the entire fight. And he looks, you know, as an exposed dead body. With no skin, you know. It's just muscle fibers and blood leaking through the entire fight. Man. Rather than just when you do a good hit. Man, I was just going to go with somebody like, you know, Armless Tiger Man or something. An old Marvel comic character from the 40s that... I don't think he was German, but he went over and joined the Nazis. He had no arms, and he had, like, clawed toenails and sharp teeth. Vicious guy. He made one appearance fighting, I think, the Angel back in the 40s, and then didn't pop up again until, I think, a Black Panther Captain America miniseries set during yep. the war. And they killed him off in that, so, you know. He's popped up at least one other time. I think you saw him in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Cause well, his he, life he, he joined the Nazis, so, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's not the fact that he's in hell, it's the fact someone went and goes, oh hey, it's Armless Tiger Man, in hell. I, I think my honorable mention character has got to be Paste Pot Pete. How dare you diss the trapster? I'm sorry, but his first appearance, Paste Pot Pete. Yeah, once he switched over that to the trapster, not, he wasn't as bad. Yeah, but you know, that does not strike fear in the heart of of anybody yeah he created a, a you know special type of super glue basically that could trap just about anybody but it's paste pot pete yeah that don't yeah, because he had a career beforehand you know he was trying to sell his glue and that's what he was known as paste pot pete mm-hmm. there you mock that man all right who's your honorable mention aquaman because he sucks <laughs> So eloquently put. Hell, that's, that's literally like we were talking about the boys earlier. You watched the deep, the character of the deep. That's Aquaman. That is literally Aquaman. 
fucking lame that talks. He's lame. Even DC knows he's lame. That's why they revamp him. Make him more. Make him more, more like Namor every time. Yeah. Well, he's the king of Atlantis. Well, he's strong Superman. Well, he's no, he sucks. The man sucks. He sucks. Yeah. All right, I'm cutting it off here. Because I know you can go on this rant for a long time and you have done so on at least one other podcast of ours. Maybe two. I don't know. Maybe three. No, no, it's only, this is only the second one because he was my DC villain. He was. He was my DC villain. He's... Yes, yes, I know he was. People can reference the previous episode. We were there. We lived through it. And they should. Hey, you say unfortunately, at least it was a comic Anyway, so we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, if you can think of any any lames that should have been brought up here, you know, drop it in a comment, send us an email, uh, thenerdeternal at gmail.com. Like, share, subscribe. And, you know, be back next week when we do this all again. If I need to come up with anybody lame or not, are you defying them to do something? Our, our president? Hey. We try to stay out of politics, Danny. Okay. And you. Though he may be a savage dragon villain from one cover I saw. Anyway, <laughs> I have been your host, the experienced some called Jason, and with me has been the token first to last, Tarky. Studio 113. And the Todd Fall. And we will see y'all next time. Peace.